0: is the Big Church podcast. Hey, I want to ask you a question. Who wants to live a blessed life in here? Yes, me too. But what does it mean to be blessed? I looked in 5 different dictionary apps, okay? 5. Not just one and I took that as the as the definition, 5. And in all 5 of them, it says to be made holy. What does to be made holy mean? It means that we're gonna be committed to God. It's not your money that makes you rich, it's your blessings that make you rich. And it doesn't matter how much money you're making unless your money is holy. It's not your family unless your family is making you holy it's not your good job your nice house the great car that you drive it's none of that to be made holy is the only thing that describes being blessed you guys over the next four weeks we're going to be talking about different topics this week the topic is generous And I know it's not a popular topic. I'm just going to say it up front. I know walls are built when we talk about giving, but we're going to knock those down today. You know, I didn't say this in first service, but this week, uh, I was kind of mad that Pastor Rich asked me to speak on generous. Because I don't like giving the tithing message. I don't like to ask for money. I don't like all that. But the Lord convicted me. And what he said to me this week is, he said, if you don't teach people how to be blessed, their blood is going to be on your hands. I don't want you living poor, busted, disgusted lives. I don't want you to not have the blessings of being made holy in your life. So This week, we're talking about generosity. Next week, we're talking about obedience. The next week, we will talk about gratitude. And then we have a special surprise for you the last Sunday in November. So don't shut me out. Everybody right now, raise your right hand. Pinky, promise me, I am not going to shut you out. Okay, you're going to hear me all the way through. And maybe you guys are sitting there going, dang, I don't live a blessed life. There's nothing about my life that's blessed. Well, I want you to not miss one service of this whole series because it is our goal. It is our heart for you to live a blessed life. Let's pray before we get into the word. Father, today I just pray that you knock down any wall that needs to be knocked down. God, that you take the cotton out of our ears and and the negative person that we have in our ear. And God, that we just allow you to do heart surgery on us today. You open our mind, you open our ears, you open our heart to your word. Because your word changes everything. So offend our hearts so that you can change us today. We love you in Jesus' name. amen. Amen. Well, it says in Acts chapter 20 verse 35 you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than receive. And I know some of you younger people are thinking, "Mm, I don't believe that. But I can tell you when you get to be a parent, I would much rather give my kids something than ever receive it. And that's the way God sees it as well. Today we're going to talk because of one little boy's generosity. Jesus performed the greatest miracle for 5,000 people. And some 2,000 years later, wow. we're still talking about the little boy that didn't even have a name in Scripture. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to be reading excerpts from each of the four Gospels, partly because I wanted the whole story. I wanted you to see the big picture. And not every Gospel had everything that i wanted to portray today so we're going to go through them all you ready all four gospels excerpts here we go john 6 verses 1 through 3 jesus crossed over to the far side of the sea of galilee also known as the sea of tiberias a huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick You know, Jesus was going to get away to be with the Lord, yet people kept following him. Then Jesus climbed up a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. In Mark chapter 6, 34 through 37, it says, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, So he began teaching them things. Now, how many of you guys have people in your life that follow you and want you to talk to them all the time? And I know I I do this to Kagan, uh, but uh, just talk to me, talk to me. And it was like, it says late in the afternoon, his disciples, it was because the sheep We're without a shepherd. So those annoying people that always want to be in your space. I'm not that annoying, am I? Um, Those people that always want to be in your, your space, it's because they see the Jesus in you. And they're looking for somebody to just shepherd them and pastor them and help them get to the next level. Verse 35, it says, late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, you feed them. And they said, with what? We'd have to work months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. And in John chapter 6, 8 and 9, then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? And in Matthew 14, 19 through 21, it says, Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked up to heaven, and he blessed them. Then, breaking, say breaking, The loaves into pieces. He, say, gave Gave. the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterwards the disciples picked up the 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. 5,000. There are three things that you need to do in order to live a blessed life, the first one is you gotta surrender. Yeah. If any of you were like the old Mindy, and there's still sometimes I kind of mm, do this too, but you have a death grip on your life. Yeah. You're trying to control every single situation, and you're doing this and you're doing that because you know what's gonna take you to the next level. Yeah. God's asking you to surrender it today. Okay. Give your life, surrender it to God so he can bless it. And here's the thing. God doesn't bless us according to what we think riches are. God blesses us according to his riches in glory. The second thing you've got to do is you've got to be broken. And you may be going, what? Seriously, Pastor Mendy? we got to be broken? Yes. Let me tell you why. When we just go and we keep doing what we know how to do and we don't go through hard stuff, we don't live, we don't mess up or any of that stuff, what ends up happening is pride takes over and we go, got this, Jesus. You just go on and do you and I'm going to do me, boo. But that is not what God has for us. He allows, he does not bring brokenness. Hear me. He does not bring brokenness, but he allows it when we make choices. And we get broken. We get broken. But you're still blessed even when you're broken. We get our heart broken. We mess things up. And sometimes all that happens so that we get to a humble place where we bend our knee to the Lord and we begin to let him minister to us. Because in those moments where we're just going and blowing, we think we've got it all together. We don't need Jesus. Pastor Rich talked about that last week. How many of you guys have to learn things the hard way? Okay, I saw those hands shoot up real quick. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, I'm doing better. Aren't I doing better? I'm doing better about listening So that I don't have to learn it the hard way. But there was this famous quote. And I don't know who said it. I googled it and couldn't still find it. But it says smart people learn from their mistakes. How many of you guys are smart? Good job. But wise people look at everybody else's mistakes. And learn from their mistakes. And they go, oh, I don't want to do what they just did. That's wisdom. Smart people learn from their mistakes, but wise people learn from others' mistakes. The last one, the third one is you got to give. Jesus gave the bread and the fish to the disciples for two reasons. The first reason, it was to increase their faith. You know... Sometimes God has to give us up something so that we trust him more, right? And as they took these two fishes, he separated among the 12 disciples, and they had a little bit in their basket, right? So they're distributing it, and it's like, oh, my gosh, where is all this food coming from? But that's what God does. When we lift stuff to him, he will multiply it. It was also helping the disciples' faith as much as it was helping the people's belly. It also, the second one, he did it, he gave it to them to teach them generosity. I remember when my kids were growing up and they went to Sunday school. Back in the day, churches had Sunday school. Now we have small groups. But in Sunday school, I would give them some money. So that they could give it to the church as well. Because I wanted to teach them at a young age to be generous. And that's what Jesus was doing with the disciples. Listen, you become blessed by giving. And I know that sounds backwards. You become confident by doing the things that you're afraid of. Right, hello, courageous Melissa Scott. She became confident by doing. You become healthy by making good food choices and working out. And you become disciplined by doing what you need to do, even when you don't want to do it. I'm in a season, my son comes home from deployment, he'll be back in America this week, praise God. Um, But I'm in a season where I'm spending the time 12 to 16 hours a day, because when he gets here, I'm going to spend time with him. So I'm in a season where I want to be disciplined. And you guys, God gives you paychecks, not for you to hold on to it, but to bless. He wants you to bless his kingdom. He wants you to bless your family. He wants you to bless your friends. Just want you to imagine what would have happened if that little boy with two fishes and five loaves of bread, would have kept it all to himself. 5,000 people wouldn't have been fed. And not only if it's blessed, more blessed to give than receive, not only would they have been fed, but he wouldn't have been sitting out there going, wow, look what God did with my little bit. Anything you want to multiply, you guys have some things in your life you want to multiply? You know, some days we want patience. Don't pray for that because God will help multiply that. Uh, but anyway, uh, if you want something to multiply in your life, you've got to surrender it, bless it, break it, and give it. Let me prove to you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, then Jesus' life who was given surrendered it for you. He was broken, beaten, mocked, and spit on so that we could live a blessed life on earth and we can live a blessed life for eternity. And I know today, I've got, I, I, now everybody like feels we're feeling good, right? So now we're going to go to the hard stuff. I know some people have a bad attitude about giving in church. And I know there's been lots of places where they uh, misuse, abuse, whatever. But that is not so in this house. But even if it were, you're not giving your money to a church. You are giving your money to God. And when we get that little thing, we're good. Today God is looking to you about what you're willing to give. He wants you to give your time, your energy, your talents, and your money. But God doesn't want your money. I want to make that very clear. Tyler did a great job saying that. God doesn't want your money if he doesn't have your heart. So you can give your tithe and not give God your heart, and you might as well not do it. Your treasure is where your heart is, and God wants your treasure to be in him. You know, a blessed life is more than your nice home, your nice car, your nice vacations, your nice, nice, nice everything. He wants you to be blessed by what you do in his kingdom. Did you know that only 10 to 25% of Bible-believing, church-going Jesus followers tithe? And I want to teach you that if you believe the Bible, that percentage should be different. And I'm going to prove it in God's word. Malachi chapter 3, and we're going to pick up at verse 8. It says, should people cheat God? Yet you've cheated me. Other versions say rob God. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You cheated me. Of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the temple storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, I, this is the most exciting part, if you do, it's conditional. If you bring in the tithes to the storehouse, the church, if you do then i will open the windows of heaven for you i will pour out a blessing say blessing Blessing. there it is so great you won't have enough room to take it in try it put me to test your crops will be abundant for i will guard them from insects and disease your grapes will um not fall off The vine before they're ripe says the Lord of heaven's armies. The ESV says, I will rebuke the devourer on your behalf. He will rebuke the devil and say, no, not today, devil. You are not touching their finances. Now listen, I've been a single mom. We're church planters. We don't make a lot of money. But we're highly blessed. There's favor when you're in covenant. There's favor when there's in covenant. And here's how this goes. In those times where I'm like, I don't know where my groceries are coming from this week. I don't know how I'm going to pay that bill. That's when you take the word of God and you put pressure on it. You say to God, God, your word says that it doesn't return void. So guess what? Guess what? I'm struggling and your word tells me that you shall supply all of my riches according to your glory. I don't have it, but your word tells me you got to bring it. So where's it coming from? I'll tell you in the beginning days. I was nervous, stressed, worried about paying my bills. But when I knew the word and the word doesn't return void, I'd go, I'm $200 shy. I don't know where it's coming from. And sure enough, God would always show up. And you guys, the Bible says try him, test him, see if this isn't right. Pastor John Teal that was here just a few weeks ago said to our SEU students, uh, he was talking about covenant. And this is what he said. Anything that God wants to keep safe, he puts in covenant. Anything you want to be blessed has to be in covenant. Marriage is a covenant. Your salvation is a covenant. And tithing is a covenant. So if you want to live a blessed life, You want to be a tither. Pastor Robert Morris from Gateway Church in Texas said this in his book, Without a doubt, the enemy of your soul would do anything to keep you from discovering God's principles governing financial stewardship, giving, and blessing. Why? Why doesn't he want you to know it? Because once you do, It will transform your life for the better. It will bring you guaranteed. Say guaranteed. Guaranteed. It will bring guaranteed financial results, but it will also do more than that. It will impact the kingdom of God and bring revival to the world. So as long as the devil keeps you in that mindset that I can't afford to give, I won't be able to pay my bills if I give God 10% and try to live on 90. I will not be able to make it. It is a lie from the enemy because, and hear my heart, because he doesn't want you making more than what you're making right now. He doesn't want God's kingdom to go forth and love Louisville back to life. He wants you to hold it on and hold on to it and be stingy for you but he's eaten your lunch all the while he wants you god wants you to live a blessed life i would love to challenge you this blessed life month to do what god has taught us and tithe and i'm not asking you to do it forever test him on it for this next month just see if his word does not return void in your life And see if he doesn't open up heaven and bless you. So, what is a tithe? Now that we're here, what is a tithe? It is 10% of what you make. Whether that be gross, net, whatever you want to do. And I'm going to show you how this works. Jeanette Peevler, would you come up here please? As she's coming, she's going to stand right up here at the front with me. And I did this to her in first service, so it may not be as emotional, but it may be knowing her. When I met this woman almost two years ago, it was the fall, almost two years ago. She was living in that week-to-week pay motel where you pay for a week. And um, she had reached out to a friend of hers, the Vento family that come to church here, and said, I don't have groceries and I don't have like just a little bit of what she needed to pay for to stay another week. And uh, Jennifer Vento reached out to me, and she said, is there anything the church could do? Now, listen, we had just opened our church. We didn't have money. But when there's a need, God will always supply, right? And so we prayed about it. And I went to the grocery and I bought her uh, some food and we took over and actually we paid it online, I believe. Now, let me just tell you, she was not looking for a handout. She was looking for a hand up. And she came to church that Sunday, the next Sunday, the next Sunday, the next Sunday. And she has planted herself in the house of the Lord. And she is flourishing because she pays all her own bills now, baby. She goes to concerts all the time now. But I want you, let's say that, uh, that Jeanette made $100. What would her tithe be for that week? Ten dollars. So Jeanette, hold out your hand. Count with me. One two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten dollars is what she would give to the Lord based on what she made that week. Can you give her a round of applause? Amen, thank you. Juan Andino. Join me up here on stage. This man, this family, loved the Lord. He pastored a church and was a missionary along with his family, and he taught his family the principles of the Lord. And today, this week, he made $500. So, what would his uh, tithe be? Hold out your hand, Juan. Count with me. (laughs) 10, 20, 30, 40, $50 would be his tithe. Will you give it up for Juan? You (laughs) can keep that. Love you. Simple, simple. But it goes back to obedience. How good is God, right? I bet neither one of them knew they were going to get some money just by coming to church this Sunday, right? Um, But listen... I wanna ask you, as they dim the lights, I know that there are people in here that don't have a relationship with the Lord. And I wanna ask you today to be bold. I'm not gonna ask anybody to close their eyes, but I want you right now to step out on faith and lift your hands if you would love a relationship with the Lord. And as I talk, I know people are gonna to begin to raise their hands. You might be thinking that God is mad at you. He's not. He's madly in love with you. He will forgive you for every mistake you made in the past, today, and in the future. He is for you, and He's not against you. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast.